Welcome to the Rise Up Podcast, the podcast all about empowering women's careers, hosted by me, Susan Dwyer. Each week, I share insights with you from women with different backgrounds, experiences, and learnings. We discuss career-defining moments that led them to where they are today, giving you a unique insight into what actually goes on behind the scenes. Get ready for some candid conversations about leadership, entrepreneurship, failure, confidence, and more. This week, I'm delighted to bring you my conversation with Michelle Ryan, founder of The Holistic Leaders. Through her coaching work, Michelle helps mindful business leaders, founders, and entrepreneurs to optimize leadership, make an impact, and do work that they love. In this conversation, we talk about the feeling of being stuck and how we can get unstuck. We also touch on how to move more from your head into your heart. And we also chat about seeking out more joy in life and what are the different ways that we can do this. This was such a fun conversation and I hope you enjoy. Shell, welcome to the Rise Up podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. (laughs) So let's share a bit of context for our listeners. So myself and Shell met, we were just speaking about this, but literally just over a year ago at the Dublin Tech Summit. And then we ended up going on a night out together with Laura White. Shout out to Laura. (laughs) Um, And then we've kind of stayed in touch ever since. I you obviously we're going to get into what you do but then we started working together and so yeah I'm so happy to have you here thank you you've been on my list I was hoping you would invite me (laughs) (laughs) so do you want to to share a bit of context with our listeners um just tell us a little bit about you and and the work you do sure so um Michelle Ryan but everyone calls me Shell um I am the founder of the Holistic Leaders which I set up about 18 months ago and I am a conscious business coach I work with leaders with founders, with small business owners. So that could be anyone from a creative business owner right through to a leader at LinkedIn, for example. So it's the full range. And what I do is I ultimately, I help the leader to optimize their leadership performance, but not through rules and regulations and overworking and huge targets. It's actually through, you know, becoming more mindful, becoming more emotionally connected and working on the holistic self. So the body, the mind, the soul, and then bringing that into the business or the business that they're leading. And how, how did you get into this space? Because similar to me, your background was in recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you make that pivot or how did you end up doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, so... Um, I think we teach what we need to learn, isn't that the saying? But I was a leader in London. I was in the corporate world. I had, as you say, I was in recruitment. You know what recruitment is like. It Mm. is fast paced. It's work hard, play hard. It, um, when I joined in 2006, it was very, very male dominated. Mm -hmm. I joined as a graduate and I realized, right, one, London, this place is sink or swim. Two, recruitment, sink or swim. Mm. And I... I responded to the environment that I was in and I just, I worked really, really hard, became quite tough, (laughs) probably a bit disconnected from my own heart, my own intuition, but very much in the headspace. But I thrived. I did really well Mm -hmm. um, in the environment and I worked my way up through to a director level and had lots of responsibility, Um, poor boundaries. I would just keep taking on more work and more work. 
very much trying to prove myself. So it probably came from a little place of lack. I never could quite believe I was in the position that I was in. Mm. And it led to overworking. It led to, um, I would never have used the word anxiety. I just would have said I'm stressed. But of course I'm stressed. I'm a director of a business. So I just thought that was part and parcel of being a leader. Mm I didn't deserve to get paid unless there was a level of stressful commitment to the role. And um, it got to a point in 2016 and I just thought, what am I doing? I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would take out my phone to add to my to-do list. And this was a normal occurrence, you know, and I just, you have these moments, Mm. right? And I thought, oh God, I have everything. I've got the salary and the title. And there was a part of me that was so proud of all of that. But there was that disconnection of, okay, I thought there would be a certain feeling attached to the achievement. And I just, I wasn't enjoying it. And I Mm. had loved it. I really loved recruitment. um, And it gave me a lot. But the long, the long and short, I'm giving you the long and long here, but I ended up getting a business coach and he was quite holistic himself. He had been in recruitment. He understood the stresses and the Mm -hmm. pressures. But all of a sudden, I had someone who could hold a space for me at an emotional level. I was a female leader in, and there was two other co-directors, grand guys, but they weren't going to, you know, ask me how I was. Um, And all of a sudden, someone did. And I hadn't spoken. Everyone came to me with their problems. And then I would just lock my own away, never ask for support, would just, yeah, just kind of keep everything buried. And then I got this business coach. And that started this whole opening and changing for me, this reconnection, you know, to to my heart, to Mm. my intuition, my sensitivity, all these things that in order to survive in that corporate world and life in general that I had kind of disconnected from. And it just opened this door. It started with the coaching. Next thing I'm doing yoga, then it's breath work, then it's retreats. And it's just been such a journey since. And after I received the coaching, you know what it's like, you get this taste of magic. And I thought, because I'm a helper, I love helping mm-hmm. people. And I thought, right, I want to help my team. So I had quite a big team at that point. It would have been maybe 20 people. And I thought, they don't unlearn sales. You know, they know how to sell, yeah. but their months were up and down. So it was these beliefs. It was their own internal processes. And I thought, I want to be able to help my team the way this coach has helped me. So I then trained to be a coach and how I led my my team and the business after that completely shifted and those last few years in my career I stayed there till 2020 were my favorite in my entire 14 years because I started leading as a conscious leader Mm -hmm. started leading holistically using the body the mind the soul and bringing that into a really corporate environment where it wouldn't typically be welcomed or done Mm. yeah so that was the journey and then I left in 2020 and then that's when the holistic leaders journey started and it's so funny isn't it because you know, that time when you took a step back after all those years and got a coach and, you know, someone else provided you with that space. Because often so many people, we don't take that step back and look at our career on a more holistic level. And there's so much power to be gained from that. As you said, everything started to open up. So talk to us a little bit. You said something to me last week, which I want to delve into a little bit. Um, about so you said the longest journey you will ever make is from your head to your heart Mm. which I absolutely love what what did you mean by that 
So I'd love to pass that off as my own quote, but it's a quote that I read. Mm-hmm. It's a, a shoe Indian quote. And, you know, from knowing me, I love traveling. I'm always journeying and I'm always reflecting on life. You know, nothing happens without me going, oh, okay. And just yeah. examining it. And I saw that and I thought that is really beautiful. You know, we can travel around the world. We can take ourselves to the moon if you're a certain individual. But are we doing that journey from the head to the heart? So much of us are living in the headspace Mm. this is how the world has been operating you know we think we are the mind Mm -hmm. um, and that the mind is us the mind is a tool you know we are this holistic we are we're the soul you know Mm. we're the mind we're the body it's the emotions it's that collective holistic experience and when we can move from the headspace which is the thinking and the, the the logical into the heart space so we've got the physical heart of course but it's more the the energetic space I'm referring to Mm -hmm. life changes life changes and the you know that journey can be really inconvenient um and I often chat to clients about this because they come to me because they're usually at the beginning or somewhere into this journey where things are shifting so much like me in 2016 they're like oh they're starting to feel a little bit more. They're starting to become more self-aware. And there's the inconvenient truths of that because once you start seeing yourself and you see your behaviours mm. and you start asking yourself, am I happy? Is this serving me? Who am I? Um, it can be, The answers can be really inconvenient. Mm. you know. So for me, for example, I left that job. I was earning a huge amount of money, you know, and I ultimately left that job because of... A breathwork class I ended up doing out in Mexico and this huge realization came in around why I was holding on to this corporate role and all of the rest so I've joked that you know that breath cost me half a million quid because <laughs> over, over over five years that's what I'll have lost you know with the recession or not the recession the pandemic and mm. you know so in that job over the last few years that's the money I would have earned not per year collectively mm-hmm. and obviously setting up a new business has been nowhere near that so that's an inconvenient truth to, yeah. to go from that head to the heart space. But it's one that I don't regret at all. And to stay in the head space is a little bit safer and to move into the heart space and have the truth around the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I mean, it's really beautiful, but it can be tough. And what for anyone who feels like they are very much in their head, mm-hmm. which is probably most people, right? Um, how do you how do you make that transition? Okay, for you, you talked about that breath class, but can you give any advice to our listeners about like how to get out of your head and tune into more of your heart energy? Yeah, so everything, you know, when I'm working with clients and just even with myself, I think about the body, the mind, the soul. Mm-hmm. It, it gives me a framework to solve problems. So coming into your body, First of all, so we're in our head all the time. So I call it like neck up leadership. So for years I was just, I didn't even think about the body. You know, it wasn't, I didn't think about the feeling, what's showing up for me in this moment, you Mm. know? So it was just all the head, all the thinking space. So movement, moving your body. And this doesn't have to be, it can be yoga. Of course, yoga is incredible. It's really beautiful. It's not for everyone. So your movement can be dance. It can be walking. It can be running, but connect with the body and then connect with the breath through that as well really really important okay you can use 
ironically, the mind to help to get to the heart as well. So you can journal. So that is coming from the mind action, but it's allowing you to come into your heart as mm-hmm. well. And meditation, you know, and I know this is a list that people are thinking, oh, yeah, OK, we've heard this over and over again. There's a reason for that, mm. you know, and all of this can help you to come into your heart space. And then with the soul, you know, this for me, regardless of whether you're spiritual or not, soul is the joy part. We all know that we have a soul. We might have different language for mm-hmm. it, but it's that that energy, it's that thing that's coming through us, you know, that brings us life. Mm. And it's like, what makes you feel alive? You know, so coming into the heart space with the soul is like being with people you love listening to music, being in nature, like what makes your soul sing? Mm. You know, all of this connects back to the heart space as well and making a conscious effort. You know, I'm in my head now. Okay, how can I come into the body? Mm-hmm. And just bringing awareness. Everything is back to awareness. And I have to, you know, I've been on this journey only six, seven years. Every day I have to, how am I feeling? Okay, body, mind, soul. What do I need? Body, mind, soul. Some days that's rest. Some days it's movement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's connecting with someone I love. So it's just being in a dialogue with yourself, but not just in the mind, a dialogue with the body as well. And learning kind of, because different things will work for different people, right? And how do you, out of interest, your meditation practice, has that Mm. developed over the years or how do you, what do you, what works for you there? Mm. So I've had a real journey with meditation as well. Um, I find I have a very busy mind. So I'm not sitting here as someone who has, any of this figured out by Mm. the way so I'm always just learning and testing and trialing and with meditation as much like yoga first time didn't like it tried and tried and tried I've used apps I've done everything I've meditated in groups solo in nature at home in Mm. bed lying down you name it I've tried all the different techniques and I think it's um it's really important to find what works for you and for me um certain music can really help me to meditate and I actually got to better meditative states through sort of originally through breathwork because it was more active. Meditation felt too passive for me when I was in that particular state within my nervous system. Mm. Very, very active, very fight or flight. Meditation was almost too far a leap for me because the, the, the stillness actually activated more more stress okay because yeah. I wasn't used to being calm does that mm, make sense yeah I was just go 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 I'm in a much more regulated state now than I would have been in London so for me it was through breath work I could access a meditative state so if meditation feels too difficult I feel like breath work is a good more active point to go to and then work towards meditation it'll be different for everyone okay okay and in your experience working with different clients, so you work mm-hmm. with loads of different people from entrepreneurs, leaders, etc. Are there any common things that you see that keep people stuck? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, what, what, what do you see with the clients that you work with? First of all, we don't know we're stuck. Mm. That's the tricky thing. You know, and I've been there myself. I see it with clients. It's, it's the lack of awareness. So we'll feel a little bit... Oh, something's not right you know um so there's usually a discomfort that happens um have you heard of the the region beta paradox no okay this is something i've come across recently and i found it really interesting so it's about sort of almost this comfortable complacency okay so it's when things aren't tragically bad but they're not amazing yeah um but it's comfortable 
and we end up staying in the job because it's grand, we get well paid. Um, and I was very close of in this point myself, you know, I was like, oh, that's grand. But I knew it wasn't my soul's purpose. Mm. I knew I wasn't completely being lit up by what I did, but it was safe and it was comfortable. And my bosses were grand, you know what I mean? So there was no, it never hit rock bottom to initiate the change. So you were like, oh, there's something really not right here. Yeah. So luckily enough, my journey was that I realized it was something else, you know, bigger than it was. But we've all been at points where we stay in a relationship too long or we stay in the job too long or we mm-hmm. stay in a certain town. But it never gets so bad that we, it acts as a catalyst for change. Yeah. So that is actually, sometimes it would be better if it got worse. So that it activates but change. But you no choice to like other than make a change. Yes, exactly. So that stuckness can happen. And it, it's there's the danger and the comfort, you know, and there's the seduction of safety mm. and the seduction of familiarity. And it just keeps people from realizing their full potential. Mm. So which I find quite interesting. So again, to come back to the, the, the idea of being stuck, it's questioning yourself. Am I happy? Um does this bring me joy? Do I feel aligned with what I'm doing? Um, you know, and just being really radically honest with ourselves. You know, the best gift we can give ourselves is honesty. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but I have been so good at lying to myself over the years. Yep. <laughs> I honestly, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm grand. Everything's fine. You yeah. Know? And it's one thing to say that to another. But if you're in the habit of lying to yourself about something, that is, it can be quite dangerous. And I realized that my most truthful moment was first thing in the morning, you know, because I wasn't yet crafty enough or awake enough to oh, start really? lying. <laughs> you know? so, so what would you do? Yeah, I would sit down because I, I knew when something wasn't quite right and I would sit down, I would sit with it. I would journal. I find writing really useful. Mm. And I would just let that kind of do the morning pages, let it flow, just start writing before I had time to disrupt my own thoughts and convince myself that everything was fine. Because it's the inconvenient truths, right? Yeah. That you keep, if you... Are truthful with yourself it means that you have to change something mm. you have to walk away from something which is you never to, easy never so it's, it's sometimes easier to lie to yourself in the short term and and would that be your advice for anyone looking to build that self-awareness piece yeah I mean with with self-awareness it's such a big journey um it's one which is never ending job. never ending never ending the more I know about any of this the less I know I keep turning a corner I'm like oh my god I still know nothing but it's actually really humbling and it's lovely I don't want to have it all figured out you know I hope I can live another 40-50 years and still be doing this journey and uncovering parts of myself Mm. and life and understanding about people and just really knowing that there is no destination with it really Mm. um but the the self-awareness piece is again it's the holistic what's my mind saying is there truth in that okay can I challenge that a little bit how is my body communicating to me now what's my intuition saying you know what are the Mm. feelings that are going through me and then the soul element how did I feel in that room how did that person make me feel that situation this music like how we're interacting with the world around us. I mean, really honest. I'm like, I actually don't like house music at all. I love mm. house music. <laughs> but, you know, like in certain types yeah. of music, you're just like, oh God, I'm going to these gigs and I'm not even enjoying it. Like there's so much, that we're doing things all the time that we don't even like. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's and bringing it's, awareness in. It's so funny because if I think back, if I think of my life or my career, 
any time that I have made a kind of big change in my life, it's it's usually led up by months and months of months of me, first of all, trying to ignore little signs or just, like you said, lying to myself or pretending that I'm happy or everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Until usually, and I'm getting better now, tuning into my intuition earlier on, but until my intuition, like, first of all, there's like a tiny knock been like, <laughs> Hey Susan, uh, something's not right here. But then I ignore it and then it gets louder and then it gets louder until I'm forced to like face this thing, whatever it is, whether it be a relationship, a job. Um, and it's funny because I think the more you experience these things, the better you get at realizing what your intuition feels like. And it could be like a feeling in the stomach or your heart or whatever it is, but yeah it's um it's all part of the journey <laughs> I know I know and there's um one of my friends shared this with me many years ago and it's always stuck with me and it's the feather the brick and the bus mm-hmm. so you just referenced it there it's in that little feather that tickle of the feather that that little nudge ah oh, things aren't okay mm. but we ignore it you know and then something louder comes along or harder which is the brick you know mm. which is a bit more unpleasant but then we ignore that because it's also inconvenient and we're being yeah. to do something and then eventually we just get hit by the bus you know and I always think <laughs> okay would I rather go through life being tickled by feathers or being hit by yeah. buses <laughs> I'm like no more buses please I'll yeah. start listening taking the feathers exactly it makes it just it takes the feather and then we can readjust then without the huge whack so it's like okay mm. listening 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 to the self to what's happening yeah, yeah. and you know how does it feel for you then to to be in alignment um and and what would you say to someone who who feels like they're not in alignment right now or something feels off Mm -hmm. so being in a light it's a daily thing I could feel in alignment at one point in the day and not at another Mm. so it's not a status that you reach and then stay in unless you're a monk I think you know I think the regular human you're you're in and and out of it all the time you know but for the most part what you want to be kind of seeking again it's back to that framework the body mind soul framework and it's are my thoughts my actions my feelings and my words are they congruent you know am I acting in accordance Mm. with you know, how I believe, how I feel, how I think. Because when we're out of alignment, it's when we are thinking one thing but saying something else because those words are more palatable, perhaps, mm. you know, to, to whoever, whoever we're with. Or we want to do one thing. We, you know, our highest value is freedom. But actually, we're living a life that is very centered around security because that's more socially acceptable, mm. you know. So it's like that alignment so everyone is different so my version of alignment is going to be different to yours it's going to be different Mm. since it's values related okay and it's it's to it's it's honest where are you being truthful and where are you being untruthful Mm -hmm. and when you're being truthful when you're being honest when you're in alignment with your own values it feels different life feels different there's a different response you are magnetizing certain things to you as opposed Mm. to kind of constantly going up you know swimming up that river mm-hmm. it introduces flow so like at a kind of an experiential level yeah life feels very different when there's alignment um 
But for example, a lack of alignment for me is when I'm not honoring the body or the mind or the soul. So if I'm overdoing it, I need lots of space to myself, but I'm also like really life greedy and I love people. So if there's loads of things happening, I say yes. And then I start feeling depleted and I start feeling a little bit less patient and I'm like okay my alignment isn't right now because I haven't honored my space Mm -hmm. I'm you know I've real introverted qualities if I don't you know honor the inner introvert um I will feel out of alignment so it's just really getting to know the self and using that framework to guide it that's how I use it and is it kind of like focusing back on your your values what's important how do I want to show up every day and am I doing that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you talk a lot about soul work. Mm-hmm. Um, how has focusing on this element benefited you in both your general life and your career? And hopefully you'll be able to give inspiration to, to others out there. Yeah, it's um, it's all linked in with the heart work as well, that moving mm. from the head to the heart. And um, the soul is such an interesting one because, you know, what is the soul? We could have an entire podcast just yeah. chatting about that. But just for now, you know, the soul is that that part of you that's just, it's not in the doing. It's that kind of, how do you even put words? For it? It's the higher self, you know, that's the, it's the one without ego it's the the I suppose that energy that's moving through us in this particular lifetime Mm. and that was not something I thought about at all in my teens as a little girl definitely very connected with the soul and very connected with I suppose God as you know a a small child but as teenager I think a lot of us move away from that Mm -hmm. um we didn't have an expression of how to connect to something that's beyond us mm-hmm. if that makes sense and then when I started this journey I started it started out as universe you know so this universal energy and giving gratitude and you know connecting to something that wasn't my own mind and I thought oh my god and there was this kind of familiarity and this it just all of a sudden it felt a lot bigger than just Michelle Ryan from Limerick yeah. doing this job in London it's like there's something more here and just following that thread and just understanding then that there's there's so much joy attached to the soul as opposed to the mind and the thinking and um and that the heart expansion as well it's all really connected mm. so for me it um it that connection allowed me to leave the safety of the corporate and I'm not anti-corporate at all. I think it's wonderful. It gives a great framework. It gave me amazing training. Mm-hmm. But it was just my soul didn't want to continue to be in that space. But it has allowed my human to to do the work that I do. Because mm-hmm. I've got the accreditations and the history and all of that's important yeah. as well. Um, and how, yeah. like... Because I go through bouts of like feeling very connected with myself versus feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and whether you call it soul, universe, whatever someone decides to call it, um, how can we tap into more of that? Is it again coming back to the body, those practices? 
Is that the same the same thing as kind of connecting back in with your heart? Yeah, it would be it would be very similar. I think it depends on the person and if you have a belief in something higher than yourself, mm. uh, which I found really helpful actually. Mm-hmm. Um, to to know that you're not doing this all on your own, you mm. know, and that there is that sort of support outside of yourself the invisible forces you know is it kind of trusting the process and trusting the process trusting um that you know I mean I can't believe I'm even saying this you know but the the power of prayer you know we use the word God and prayer would have been incredibly triggering for me a few years ago even Mm. um because it would be kind of connected with church and catholic and all of that and with those words i think regardless of your beliefs they can be really really powerful and you can call it manifestation you know or universe and mm-hmm. these are more palatable words but ultimately it's 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 prayer and it's mm. just something that's beyond yourself and um you know i i say to people sure none of us really know none of us actually know but if it helps you in the daily in your daily practice of living to feel more joyful and more supported and more loving mm-hmm. then actually it doesn't actually matter whether we you know go to the end and there's nothing there if in the everyday it's made a difference to how mm. we interact with life and for me personally by having these beliefs that are bigger than myself it has improved my life because I'm just more loving I'm more open I'm more patient I'm more grateful mm. so it, it's the benefit today that's how I look at it yeah I really like that that viewpoint of it and what are your beliefs around and again you know different words but the power of manifestation or has that played a big role in your life or do you believe it or what's your take on that yeah it's really interesting actually um one of my very good friends actually runs an incredible podcast which is law of attraction changed my life i don't know if you've ever listened to it i don't think so i will then yeah and it's all about law of attraction and manifestation and i mean she's a perfect example that you know she really has been able to bring um manifestations to reality and and so have i and it's a real mix so it's with the law of attraction and manifestation it's really important to remember there's action attached to it so it's Mm. not just about wishful thinking yeah um so we can create things through action alone um as you know just capable human beings Mm -hmm. um and sometimes really really magical things can happen that are beyond our control so that's the the serendipity and the coincidence and and I love those moments I absolutely love them when something happens that you haven't grafted for but that you you know it's not about just sitting back and being passive either Mm -hmm. but when an extra little piece of magic happens or you know even this podcast I remember putting that on a little wish list and doing nothing about it myself except just you know Mm. as I said just showing up and trying to shine where I can and then the invitations will come there is action there in that I'm doing my best to show up as my best version of myself Mm -hmm. but then the magic part of that or the manifestation part of that is receiving an invitation to something you know that's out of your control so I do yeah I love the idea of it but I think it's to not be completely passive either yeah and I think it comes back to like living in more intentionally Mm -hmm. and just being more conscious of like what you want to happen and then subconsciously you kind of start behaving in in that direct towards that way Um, and the other thing about manifestation that I've learned is like 
I think just have fun with it as mm-hmm. well. Like, don't take it too seriously. Have your intentions. Have what you want to happen. Um, but like, do it in a joyful way because I feel like naturally more good things will happen then. If you approach it with that mindset as like, oh, I really need this thing and it has to happen. And, you know, it comes from more of a lack place when you look at it like that. Speaking of which, I want to talk about living joyfully because this is something we've talked about before um, and something that I'm constantly seeking out more of. But what does living joyfully mean to you personally? And what are the different ways... I don't know, that we can all seek out joy on on kind of a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, there's often that debate around happiness and joy, you know, Mm. but um, happiness is sort of conditional, you know, so if the sun shines today, I'll be happy. And if I'm doing something really cool or I'm out for a nice meal, I'll be happy. But with joy, for me, it's joy in the mundane. It's just joy for the sake of being alive without it being attached to a certain condition Mm. and you know I've had moments in my life I remember once I was out in Greece and I was looking at the most beautiful sunset absolutely gorgeous in paradise and I felt nothing felt nothing because I was at that point disconnected from myself um on the daily basis but it had happened so gradually I didn't even realize that my heart space had sort of closed up if that makes sense Mm. Because I continuously am checking in with myself and, you know, moving towards, um, you know, being in alignment and checking in with the body, the mind, the soul regularly. I could be sweeping the floor now and have an incredible burst of joy in that mundane. So it feels to me that it is not conditional to what is happening in the moment. It's just very much a kind of an inner sense and an inner feeling, mm. if that makes sense. But that floor sweeping mundane joy is because every day I'm kind of checking in with myself and being truthful with myself about Mm. what is in my life so I'm not moving into a space of numbness now or doing things that I don't like doing which deplete your joy gradually 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 Mm -hmm. so again it's like seeking joy in the simple yeah, You know, if you can have joy in the simple, simplest of things, mm. then when the bigger things come along, it's, I mean, it's amplified, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. I couldn't, I couldn't agree. And it's more of a, as you said, the small things, daily practices um, and being consistent. So I wanted to talk about finding your, we talk about purpose a lot, right? Mm. And, you know, within our network and Rise Up, there's women working in all different types of careers and professions. Um, and a lot of the time it comes up around, you know, tapping into your purpose and what we actually, what are we meant to be doing? Am I in the right career? Am I doing the right thing? Um, and I just feel like it's something a lot of us struggle with. Um, do you have any advice for... Someone maybe on, on the more career side of thing who who is feeling lost or unsure of whether they're on the right path. Um, any advice on how to kind of figure that out, I guess? Yeah, it, it really depends on what's happening for the individual mm. person. And I have to be very careful to not 
suggest my narrative as being the narrative you mm-hmm. know so if you're in the corporate world yeah leave and set up that is apps that's not for 99% of mm-hmm. people so I think it's really important to look at you can find purpose in in anything mm-hmm. you know so you can be purposeful in how you navigate your life to you know the idea of um you know being in my purpose I thought that was just a luxury that was afforded to other people and to be in my purpose I wouldn't be able to financially survive you know mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of people have that that mindset but it's it's understanding that your purpose could be okay I want to help um women feel empowered doesn't necessarily mean you have to then set up a a platform like you have which Mm -hmm. has been so beautiful but someone who's a member of rise up could use that within their own organization to help people so that can be their purpose Mm -hmm. or it can be the women in their family to allow their voices to be heard you know so it doesn't mean the whole structure has to change it can be how you navigate within the space that you're in you can be in your purpose and I think that's a really good point, actually, and something that I've learned, because I feel like there can be a little bit of a unhealthy narrative that like your job needs to fulfill all this purpose in order to like have a fulfilled life. But actually, like you said, you can seek purpose from so many different areas of your life and it doesn't necessarily have to come from your job, say. And something that I've learned you know, sometimes turning a passion into a business or something where it needs to be commercially viable can often ruin your love for that passion and it can be no longer. So I think you need to kind of tread carefully with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so often, you know, your purpose could be, I want to live with an open heart. Yeah. You know, and imagine bringing that into the workplace in a world where we close our hearts off so quickly mm. to be next to someone who is truly like it's a radical move who has an open heart and who can forgive easily and who can be compassionate mm. no matter what the workspace they could be doing any type of role but if they can bring that then that's living in your purpose mm. Yeah, because I, I totally agree with you and it seems a little bit um contradictory because I what I am doing I feel like it is my purpose but that's not the only path yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think no. it's important to express that. A hundred percent. You mentioned the ego earlier on, um, something which we all have. Mm-hmm. It's part of all of us. How can we, I don't know, befriend this part of ourselves or, you know, because I feel like it can hold hold us back in some areas. But how can we, yeah, how can we make it our friend, essentially? I love that you've said that because there can be that sort of, you know, especially in the in the spiritual world and love mm. and light and the ego is put as the, the enemy. Mm. We have to have ego. You know, we're humans. You know, if we didn't have a level of ego, we wouldn't remember to eat. We wouldn't have a house over a roof over our head or be able to hold down a job or interact with life. The ego is the friend, you know, mm. but it's it's like everything. It's it's when imbalance happens that we fall into trouble, you know, mm. so it's communicating all the time so the honor the ego we're here having a conversation as 
business owners, as women who want to do well in the world, but also be really kind and also raise other individuals with us. So there's a real soul element, but the ego is allowing that drive and that ambition and that motivation. Mm. So the ego, when in check, when in balance, is an amazing thing. Mm. You know, so it's to witness it and not to demonize the ego because it makes us human. Um, and it's to bring the ego and the soul together and let them let them converse. You know, it's like even emotions. You know, we say, "Oh, anger is bad," and then we push it into the shadows. Mm. No, bring it. To no the emotion table. is bad. Yeah, yeah, bring it to the table. Every emotion is just a messenger. You know, mm. and it's just bringing it to the to the table, and um, it, it's all parts of us: ego, soul, all the emotions. Nothing is right or wrong, good or bad. But it's just allowing it to all be seen and all be witnessed. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is self-limiting beliefs. We all have them in some shape or form. Um, but can you explain for anyone who maybe might not be aware as to what they are? Can you explain a little bit about what they are and ways that we can kind of break through these things? Mm. So self-limiting belief is when you make something an absolute truth so and and it is impacting your growth as a human mm. so for example i am too old to set up a business i'm too young to set up a business i'm not smart enough um i don't have you know what i mean so it's mm. like these um beliefs that are complete truths absolutes and then your actions are all determined based on that belief that you've told yourself and then the word limiting is because it quite literally is limiting to your growth so mm. you might have heard of like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset mm -hmm. the growth mindset is okay I made a mistake there but I can learn I can regroup and I can try again a fixed mindset is okay I tried to play tennis it didn't work out I am terrible at tennis mm. You, and you know like with anything you learn with any sport with business my goodness like I'm not good at anything the first time I try it so it's the limiting belief is the label that you put on yourself and then you live by that mm. and your yeah your label is your truth you know and you almost like defend your mm. limiting belief and it's just really constricting I have it with well two things spring to mind just as you're speaking there meditation mm -hmm. like oh I'm not a meditator I can't And then the other one is technology. I'm like, I am, I've always been crap with tech and I always will be. But again, it's like, it's just that narrative. I'm actually, I, if I tried, I probably wouldn't be terrible. Um, but again, it's just, so how do we, how do we break through those self-limiting beliefs then? Is it just by not giving up and continuing to learn? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you don't want to spend your whole life banging a head against a brick wall mm. either. So there can be an element of honesty and truth. There's a limiting belief. And then there's, okay, I could do it if I tried, but actually I would prefer to outsource the tech part of my business to yeah. someone else. So it's about playing the dance, but understanding, is this holding me back from what I want to do? So there's a, a kind of a balance between the two. Mm. Um, check in with yourself. So let's say your limiting belief is, okay, I'm terrible at technology. The example you've just given. Am I really? And then looking at examples in your life where you interact with technology daily, mm. um, using your phone, using Canva, 
on Instagram and actually, okay, I'm not terrible at technology. Mm. And understanding, just having a little bit of a chat with yourself and then understanding where is this belief holding me back from my growth? Mm. And if you can outsource, it's okay. But if not, it's like, okay, can I challenge this belief? And what's at the other side of this? If I can get through this limiting belief, what's the glory at the other side? How can my life grow? How can my life expand? How can things develop for me mm-hmm. if I can overcome this? So it's like the self-awareness piece, challenging it. Mm. Don't accept it as truth because it's just our mind keeping us safe. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the limiting belief and like a, a personal trait, once upon a time, that belief kept you safe in one moment. Mm. So it became a belief then. Yeah. You know, so it's just to challenge it in the now. Mm-hmm. And as you said, deciding whether it is a self-limiting belief mm-hmm. or like that other example, maybe it's a case of, okay, I'm actually not good at this thing. I'm going to delegate it mm-hmm. or outsource it or, you know, focus on other areas. If it's business, say focus on other areas of the business. Um, something I want to do a full circle back to is something you said at the very beginning about doing more things that make you feel alive Mm. and we've because we've had some coaching sessions together and we've kind of looked at this which uh, it was a really interesting exercise when I did it like what are the things that make me feel most alive and how do I how do I do more of those more often to bring more joy into my life but tell us a little bit about some of the things that make you feel alive Mm. because I know you do lots well, I know there's there's travel, there's there's ice baths, there's different <laughs> things. Um, but you know, tell us about some of those things and and yeah, why okay. you do them? Yeah, there's a, quite a big range. <laughs> there's quite a big range. But again, a lot of them are super simple. You mm. know, so I think I do love traveling. So it can look like, oh yeah, I need very exotic things to to um, make me tick, but. Um, I love the exploration, but equally, I love just going for a walk in the forest right next to my house. Mm. You know, I love time in nature. Um, I didn't know what made me feel most alive in my 20s. It was work and doing well there and then partying on the weekends. Mm. Whereas now there's just the full range. It's dancing around the kitchen, you know, music. <laughs> I absolutely love music. I just think it's Oh, it's one of the best parts about being alive is music and movement. Mm. Um, I love people. I just love people. I think we're amazing. I think we're <laughs> fascinating. Um, I love understanding people, hearing people's stories. If mm. I sit down, and have a good conversation with someone and have a connection, that makes me feel so alive, so connected. Um, being in the sea. I mean, these all sound so cliched, but mm. I just love them like getting out of the sea going for a coffee warming up again it's the connection piece so my values are connection so a human connection a connection with the self at freedom so feeling yeah that bit of an open road ahead of you Mm. um you know the long walk freedom of you know not being constricted by the hour in my day um Mm -hmm. Um, my purpose that's another value and energy is another thing so I'm always tapping in how does that thing make me feel I'm like oh I felt pretty drained after that listen to that answer it's Mm. like you know especially with music I love festivals and I would go with friends and I would find myself in a particular tent and I'd be exhausted by the end of it like certain types of music and I'm like I don't like that music stop fooling yourself that does not make me feel alive Mm -hmm. it makes me feel drained you Mm -hmm. know certain topics um 
that watching the news does not make me feel alive. Mm. It really, really drains me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, certain particular conversations. I just, I've just gotten really aware of what raises my energy and my vibration mm-hmm. and what saps it. And then just choosing accordingly, which I wouldn't have done before. I yeah. would have stayed in rooms, stayed in conversations, got stuck in, stuck chatting to someone at a bar and been, you know, just bored or disinterested or tired because mm. they're... And I would just stay in that situation and not change it. And I just, I don't do that now. You put up with it. Because I'm checking in all the time in the live moment. Do you think that's an age thing, an experience? Like, or do you just think it's more of a like self-awareness thing? Probably a bit of everything. Mm. Yeah, probably a bit of everything. Self, self-awareness, um, mixture of age, preferences, change, mm. yeah, all, all the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And do you, are you someone that practices gratitude? Is that something Mm. that plays a big role in your life? Yeah, that was one of the first tools I ever learned. So when I started working with that coach in 2016, um, that was, he he just said, do you do gratitudes? And I was kind of like, who you're chatting to now, like even five, six years ago, very different. Uh, And I was open-minded, but there was, yeah, there's not the same level of open-heartedness that's here now. And gratitude was the first thing he just said, look, I want you to, I was having, you know, some challenges at work. He's like, I want you to list 10 things you like about this particular person. I was like, what? And it changed my entire state. I couldn't believe it because I started, if you seek things to be grateful for, it's what you see. Mm. Have you heard the reticular activating system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it's that brain. So if I say red car go spot red cars Mm. all you see is red cars you Mm. know but equally if I say go spot you know the arseholes it's all you'll come across because you're tuned into them yeah so with gratitude if you tell yourself in the morning right I'm going to find three or ten or twenty things to be grateful for all you're going to see are the people who let you onto the train ahead of you or someone who let you out in traffic or um the someone who was nice in the coffee shop you do you just tune into that frequency mm. and that's your vision. Then you start seeing the good in people, in situations, in yourself even. You know what it's like. You can pick holes in yourself. Yeah. And if you start being grateful for different aspects of yourself, you see you view yourself differently. So yeah, gratitude and is it, hugely powerful. In terms of like shifting into that mindset, do you think it needs to be practiced or like everyone's different obviously but for you is it something that you would practice every morning so to set yourself up for that day ahead or how do you do it so when I started out because I needed to be it's like any new habit you know Mm. so if you're not used to exercising you have to be very mindful Mm -hmm. to exercise if you're not used used to eating well it has to become this habit so it's that sort of we spoke about discipline earlier you know having that initial discipline until it becomes a habit mm-hmm. so with gratitude it was I had to write it down to start with to get into the habit whereas now it's like a living gratitude you know okay. so in the moment you treated me to a coffee earlier and I was like oh my god isn't she so lovely so grateful for that coffee how lovely for this experience I'm grateful for this right now in this moment mm-hmm. so I don't have to go to my list it's just it's an embodied thing for me now with gratitude just moving through life feeling very lucky and mm-hmm. grateful but it started with the list mm-hmm. and it started with being mindful first thing in the morning last thing in the evening and like anything the more you practice it you see the benefits and it becomes embodied it becomes part of who you are and it doesn't become a thing on your to-do list it's just simply how you move through life and I have something I've started to do recently is before I go to bed um just literally 
try and think of things in my day that went really well. Mm. And what I've noticed is that a lot of the things that actually did go really well, I would forget about them. They would happen and I wouldn't even recognize them. And I think it's a really nice way to then go to sleep because it even sets you up to have better dreams, I feel. Um, because you just feel, you're like, oh, that did go really well or and way more, like way more things happened than you even realized, which I think is a nice way. And just on, finally, um, you just touched on it there, but um, we, t- we mentioned earlier this idea of discipline, right? Mm. And... Can you share a little bit about what we spoke about earlier in terms of even linguistically changing the word from discipline to devotion, right? Mm. Tell us a little bit about how you reframe that. Yeah, so I guess um, I was, when I would bring a new habit into my life, it was kind of through discipline, you know, waking up early. So discipline is very good in some ways and it's Mm. strong and it gets us to move forward and it gets us to kind of honor ourselves in certain ways but recently it just it's felt quite jarring and it's felt a little bit regimental to me um and it's felt like a kind of an external force you know that sort Mm. of stick against my back and I'm part of this meditation group at the moment and we're waking up very early to meet online and to do, you know, to as part of a satsang, as part of a group and to meditate together. And, you know, which requires discipline to wake up to do this. But again, it felt like a a rule. And um, for me, I thought, oh, God, I feel this is much more about devotion to myself and honoring myself and doing this practice for me because I know that if I do this and I'm part of this group my day is better Mm. I'm more grounded I'm more centered I'm clearer in my mind my heart feels more expansive so it's like this moment of what I was originally calling discipline was allowing all these beautiful things to happen thereafter and then I thought this isn't even about discipline it's about devotion it's not a stick nobody was telling me to get up Mm. this is me devoting to myself to something beyond myself devoting to the women in the group creating this group energy Mm -hmm. and it just shifted everything because I think I'm naturally quite antagonistic (laughs) as a person if I think it's an outer force You'll be like, I just get a little bit like he told me to do. I I am quite antagonistic, but if it comes from an internal force, I'm like, oh yeah, you're more like motivated to do it completely. And the word alone, devotion, feels a lot more loving um, and kinder than the discipline. And I'm not anti-discipline, but just for me at this particular phase in my life, the devotion piece sounds better. Devote myself to my business. Devote Mm. myself to my health. Devote my, you know, making beautiful decisions and the right decisions for my mind body and soul based on that rather than you must and you should you know but it's so funny because like something as small as changing one word Mm. can really kind of change your how you look at something or how you view something it's 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 really powerful and finally um you know what are what's happening in your life at the moment that you're excited about or is there anything that you're working towards or looking to improve or obviously we're halfway through the year now which is crazy to think but um what's coming up that you're excited about oh so much at the moment um so I've been traveling most of this year so I've been um 
I've only been in Ireland for about a month. I'm not going to lie. I find it hard <laughs> to like follow you on Instagram because I'm so jealous all the time. Oh, I mean, no, it has been fabulous. Yeah. Mm. So I was in Bali for um, a, a couple of two and a half months at the beginning. And then I went to South Africa. So I was mainly based in Cape Town. And it's been wonderful. And there's been lots of sort of introspection and growth. And I've been working with different teachers and coaches and healers and guides mm. Because my work, I need to show up in the best version of myself that I can so that I can then hold space for these leaders mm-hmm. um, without agenda, with a completely open heart, allowing them to open up and I can support them personally and in their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first half of the year was very much about that. And now I'm back in Ireland for the summer. Um, again, I use meditation to get answers. And I sat in meditation and every time it was just go home to Ireland. I was like, what will I do now for the summer? It's like, go home, go home, go home. Really? And it felt so good. So yeah, back to Ireland for the summer and loads of things brewing at the moment. So finishing up with quite a few clients. Um, This week I um, I finished with a couple next week as well. So I'm calling in um, some new clients to work with across July, August and September. Mm -hmm. I work with clients quarterly um, and I do that because it, it, it's a very very deep connection it's a deep relationship and it allows the kind some space and some time to you know learn these tools use these tools in the safety of the coaching program mm-hmm. um so yeah calling in the new clients at the minute i'm, I'm also arranging a, a retreat have oh, been officially yeah. announced yeah i've been giving little teasers on on instagram all right but i'm partnering with um, an old friend of mine um Dominic, we're going to go out to Portugal. Well, he's living in Portugal. He's got this beautiful land out there. And it is, I mean, under the stars, running water. There's ice baths. We'll be doing yoga and breath work and dance and movement. Oh my God, and journaling. <laughs> Just every tool. Like I never recommend a tool that I don't use myself mm-hmm. and that I hasn't helped to change my life. So we're just going to bring all of these into a space for five days for, for 12 for 12 individuals yeah oh my God, so there's been some that. interest which really looking forward to that but I also want to do mini versions of that in Ireland okay um so to do like a, a day retreat so I'm just looking at a couple of venues at the moment nice um just to gather people together in community create a nice space have some connection allow people to just land come into their bodies but then leave it's all about that integration piece it's all well and good to feel good in the day but it's like okay what can you take away with you from today that you can tangible and apply in your own life yeah so lots of lovely things so yeah focusing on the business now for the next few months is really yeah a big thing amazing well I can say firsthand from someone who's been in one one of your coaching programs the work you do is super important they're like the safe space that you create for your clients um is amazing and I think something that's so neat like we get so caught up in the busyness and the doing and as a Capricorn like that's my thing um so yeah I think yeah listen thank you so much for all the great work that you do I'm excited to see what's next and thank you for being a, be- a guest on our podcast thank you so much for having me <laughs> thanks Shelley.